I'll get this mic straight. <laughs> but like, um, like Pastor Neil was saying, we need to we need to be more about God's business. Yes. And part of God's business is being in God's house. We understand that this is just a building. But when we come together, that's church. Like it says here, two or three come together in my name. I am in the midst. And that is truth. And I, I, I didn't set this up like Pastor Neil does where he has the scripture he's going to hit. But I'll, I'll tell you all a couple when, when it's time. I'm going to pray it's, I'm going to pray for, for this sermon. Ooh, I was supposed to say speaking. <laughs> and then we're going to start. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your honor, dear Lord. Thank you for this honor that you bestowed upon me. How wonderful you are. I ask that you use me in a mighty way, Lord. Remove me in this, this sin-sick flesh. Forgive me of my sins, dear Lord, so that you can even hear this prayer. Dear Lord, bless your word. Bless this church. Bless those that are here to hear. Bless those that are on Facebook, Sermon Audio. Let this word be mighty and strong and feed our spirits, dear Lord. Not just somebody else, but mine too, Lord. You gave it to me for a reason because I needed to hear it. And as I studied, dear Lord, I heard. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for, for touching my ears, my heart, my spirit. Please use me to give your word to this family, to our family, dear Lord, to your people. Dear Lord, thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was going on, I was, I was thinking about this this morning, and I said, man, when I thought about speaking, which was like Pastor Neil, he had talked to Miss Cindy about it, about this Sunday, and it wasn't last Sunday that it was decided upon, it was before that. And I had thought about it, and I didn't say anything. And then Pastor Neil mentioned it. And Satan had been busy before that, because Wednesday before last Sunday, we get our schedule at work. And on the schedule, it tells us what we're going to be working the following week. Now, for months and months and months, I've been on one shift, six to two. When I'm thinking about doing this today, I'm on afternoons two to ten. <laughs> I said, come on. And not only am I on two to ten, but I am on a job that I do not like. So that made it worse. And then to compound that, the, we, we, I worked in the steel industry, and the size of the coils and the weight that we usually have was about, they're, they're supposed to be about 7,000 pounds, and they were five. So where I would have time to make my weld, do my job, and have time to come back and study, because they were so small, I had to stay by the machine and keep it going. Because that's how Satan works. And it was hot. It was so hot. And where I would study at, it has an air conditioner. So that made it worse. Because now I'm looking over there thinking, if I can just do this fast enough to get over there. But it just, it, it wasn't for because Satan was busy. He didn't want me prepared. 
So I said, regardless of what you do, I know what I have to do. And I know God will make a way for this to happen. So I get home, have a little something to eat, watching TV, the news, break my pad out, do a little study, write a few things down because God's word and his, my father's business has to be taken care of. So I kept at it and kept at it. And yeah, I got, I think it was Thursday or Friday, doing my job, ping, get cut. Now, I didn't report that, but now you know. <laughs> cut me, it didn't even hurt. Till the next day, I wrapped it up and just kept working because that's, that's, what, I, I, that's what I do. And God gave me the strength, he gave me the job. So I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability, and I did. And it was, it was a real trying week because on my side, things kept breaking. And it's just like life, where when you want to do right and be right and try to be righteous as much as we can, Satan will always send you a curveball and he'll always do things to make life hard on you. And I have colitis and I was feeling some of the effects of it the whole beginning of the week. So that made it worse. And in Psalms it says a stumbling block. Well... Friday night, Saturday, my toe, gout. <laughs> I said, so, oh, so now, now I'm limping around trying to do my job and thinking about today. Because today, I don't want to fail God. And it puts a fear in you that, that you may not know, that everybody understands. To fail serving God is to, to live a life in hell. So when you come to this position here or any ministry that you do where you're ministering to somebody else, it doesn't matter, man, woman, it doesn't matter. The last thing you want to do is fail God's word and they not be saved because what you said. So that put fear in me already. It was already there. That just added But I want us to get to the spot of we knowing who we are. And we need to come to an understanding of who and what a Christian is and who we are. People all over claim to be Christian when they have no religious knowledge or background. And I I hear it all the time. These people, that people, they did robbing, killing, they did this and that. And then the next thing you hear is, oh, well, they were Christian. They, they ain't even been to church. They don't know anybody that goes to church. But they claim to be Christian. And it happens all the time. And it's sad because there's other times where they say because grandma or mom or dad was going to church and they were Christian, I'm Christian. It doesn't go like that. Christianity also is not an ethnic thing. It's not a second line that you just add on. Oh, because I'm black, I'm Christian. Or because I'm white, I'm Catholic. It doesn't doesn't work like that. They think, these people think that what the TV preachers probably are, 
They are. And we know not to assume. They have no idea what the other religions are because they have not been sensationalized. Christianity has been sensationalized through TV preaching. And I'm not saying TV preaching is all bad. But when it goes from come to Jesus to make sure that my prophet is good and every, every, every ministry is happy, happy, joy, joy, you may be listening to the wrong thing. You may be watching the wrong thing. For these people out here that can constantly continue to say that they're a Christian, being Christian is, a not, is not a, um, for them, being Christian is a default answer to those who don't know any better. Because they don't know any better, it's just automatic. They, by their actions, they deface, humiliate, and drag down the name and position. And all this, cause of what? They do this, but, but in Luke 23, 34, then Jesus, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So they do it. But there's room for repentance. Because God even, because Jesus even said that they don't, they don't know better. And it's our job to let them know better. Because if we live that life and show them this is what Christianity is really about, then it changes everything. And I looked up a definition. A Christian is someone whose behavior and heart reflects Jesus Christ. Followers of Jesus were first called Christians in Antioch. We have to understand that being a Christian is believing that Jesus is who he said he is. That he was born of a virgin, crucified on the cross, and rose up the third day, not because he was tired of being in the tomb, but because he said he would do all that for our sins. Not one sin that he did for himself, not, not one sin that he did, Nothing that he was guilty for did he die on the cross for. He did that all for us. At any time, he could have said no. At any time. But we believe in him, and that's why we are Christians. Because we believe in the one, only, and true Christ. We have to understand that he is who he says he is. If you don't believe in the one true living God, creator of everything, and you don't know his son Jesus who died for your sins and rose up the third day, you are not a Christian. Maybe I need to, I, I need to say that one more time, just in case you didn't understand. If you don't believe in God, the one true living God, the one that created the heaven and the earth, whose son came down and died for us. On the cross, rose again the third day. You are not a Christian. Amen. Amen. So who are we sitting here? First Peter 2 and 9 says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. 
that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Chosen. We are a chosen generation. And this isn't just our, our land, or, you know, Malachi's generation. No, no, no. Glory's generation, my generation, all generations. When he died on the cross, when, when Jesus, you know what? I'm not going back far enough. Because it's not a, we are a chosen generation, but he's talking about a people. His people that was chosen before he made the earth. He made us, we were all set. All, we were all in the plan already. And as we read through the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, and all that, and all the stories, Psalms, all these generations of chosen people of God, he's talking about all of them. But ye are a chosen generation from glory to slavery and back again. A royal priesthood. We can make it through all that where others would fail and fall because God made us his people and we are royal. We are regal. We are set apart. We are a holy nation. Why? Not because of anything we did. We are a holy nation because God chose us. And now it is our job to be holy because he is holy. We are a peculiar people in this sin sick world. Why? Because we go to God and admit that we are sinners. We trust in a God that we've never seen. There's fake statues of Jesus. We got the crosses with Jesus on it. What, like Pastor said, and we know Jesus isn't on the cross anymore. I was thinking about getting a necklace with a little pendant with three seats. One with God and Jesus on the other side. Holy Ghost on the other side. Because Jesus is on the right hand of God right now. That's where he is. Us being a peculiar people, we are set apart. We can go to God at any time, any time, and pray to him and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I need you. I need you. He has given us the keys to the kingdom. And royalty is the only thing getting in. So, Peter keeps going. He says that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We come to church every Sunday. We open up devotionals with praises to our father. Yes. Now, because I know how I am and y'all are my family, I know that during the week, songs just come up. And you be praising God, just doing whatever, just praising him. Even through the hard times, through the good times, the praise just comes out of us because it is in us. And, it's, and we, have to, we, we need to thank God all the time for bringing us out and putting us, take, bringing us out of darkness and putting us in his marvelous light. Because it is truly wonderful. Now, how do we need to be? What we need to be is meek. 
What we need to be is humble. And I hadn't even realized that I that this scripture was in here because I picked the scripture I was going to read this morning. In Psalms 34, verses 1 and 2, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise him like you pray to him without ceasing, without stopping, continuously because he hears our prayers and he hears our praises and our praises show him gratitude. In verse two, it says, my soul shall make her boast, bragging. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear, therefore, and be glad. We need to be humble and we need to be meek. And um, we always talk about meekness being power under control. So I like that. Also, when I was looking it up, meekness is softness of temper. So you don't get set off real easy. Mildness, gentleness, forbearance under injuries and provocation. We need to be humble. We can't be haughty. We can't be so proud that we can't see that we were in darkness anymore. We didn't take ourselves out of the world. God did that. We need to be meek. And that's what meek is, being submissive. That was the other. The other definition was being meek. Meekness was being submissive, biblically submissive under the belief of God. Like I said, we need to be humble. Not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. Not rude and ignorant. That's, that's not part of the definition. I just threw that in. But when you're humble, you can, you can talk to people when you're humble. When you're so proud that people are so beneath you that you can't look at them in the face, that is not of God. And we've been learning about, learning about that because Pastor's been preaching about it in John. Kind of, it's, it's the love chapter. It tells us about love all the time. So how can you love somebody if you don't know how to be humble at all? So pride goes before a fall. The Bible says it. We have to be humble. I just read it in Psalm 34 and 2. If we are going to make it to heaven, we need to be humble and we need to be meek. It's not options. It's requirements. Because often we forget, we forget what we're made of. And this is, this is what's nice about being, following God and being humble. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Well, okay. We need to humble ourselves so God can use us. His hand is mighty and we are always supposed to seek after God because he is our, he is our way. He is our strength. He is, he is our everything. 
He will lift us up in due time if we humble ourselves. Proverbs, Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. How wonderful is that? That you can be humble. Now, mind you, being humble and still fear the Lord. There's riches. There's honor and there is life. And what is life but Jesus? Jesus is life. We can get that by by humbling ourselves to God. I'm not saying humble yourselves to man because who is man? Man is no one. God is everything. A man will fail you time and time again. Mm -hmm. And because somebody might take it out of context, woman too. So before you see somebody and put them up on a pedestal and expect great things out of them, if they're not meek, they're not humble, they're not following God and and Jesus, you need to let them go. Or you need to give them some of this. give give, Give them some of the word. If they'll hear you and they're meek and they're humble, then they'll follow Christ with you. Now, what will happen if we become meek and humble? Well, I just said, the Lord will exalt you. He'll raise you up. Mm-hmm. Proverbs said, there are riches and honor. Now, that may not be down here. Will you be humble and meek enough to wait for it in heaven? Because, again, in, in Psalms 34, we're going to go through some stuff. But in 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14, it reads, If my people, see this is Wednesday night. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Yes, amen, amen. My people. God saying my people again. Go back to the generations. We have been his people. Since before he made people. How wonderful and loving is that. That before he made the earth. He had a plan for us. And it wasn't to stay a sin-sick nation and be dying, go to hell. That was never his plan for us. And he even set in position. He prophesied it for hundreds of years. Jesus came on the scene and he died for us. I'm ready to be humble and meek. Pride just ain't my thing. If you know, usually if I have a microphone and an audience, it's because I'm cracking jokes. But knowing what we do, do we really have time to watch each other struggling and not be building each other up? Mainly in the house of the Lord. 
We take time out of our schedule to think and say some of the most awful things about people. How fat they are, how black or how white, how ugly, how stupid, how trifling. We need to be better. We need to pray better. Yes, we are royalty with an inheritance. Our inheritance is heaven. But it doesn't, heaven doesn't go to the proud. It goes to the elect. But we are still in this flesh. How do we expect God to forgive our sins and heal the land when we aren't meek nor humble? We so often forget that we came from the dust of the ground. And if you don't know, Genesis 2. We are as the grass and flower of the field. And just in case. I got more scripture. But that's, it just goes with it. Our whole we are as the grass and the flower of the field. Our whole lives are but a season. And if you wonder, well, where do you get that from? This has been on me a long time. Psalms 103, verses 11 through 17 read, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. Heaven is high. How do you plan on climbing up to heaven? Is it Jacob's ladder? Because they don't have enough rungs. If you are going to get to heaven, and get his mercy, because only by his mercy and his grace will we get to heaven. But it is to them that fear him. And not boo, not a ghost scare, where you fear, you're scared of the dark and all that, not that fear. Not fear that God's going to punish me if I do something wrong, even though that should be a good one. The fear should be in failing God. Fear failing God. He has done everything for us. If we go to him by our tongue, Lord, I, I sin, please forgive me. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He removed our sins. He removed our iniquities, our transgressions, our wrongdoings away from us. He's taken them away. We didn't. And it was by the blood of the Lamb, by Jesus Christ dying and giving, by him giving his life for us. God removed our sins, our, our iniquities, our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, and, and, and on a map, they'll make lines. 
But in God's economy, it's gone forever. In verse 13 of Psalms, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Fear the Lord for who he is and how wonderful he is and, and know that in your heart failure is not an option. And I do mean fail, failing God. In verse 14, for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Our frame are what? Our frame, our foundation. Whatever your foundation is, whenever you go to build a house, everybody, every house has a foundation. And every frame of a house, some are the same, some are different. God loves us so much that he knows our frame. He knows our frame before you put the walls up, before you put the roof on. If you don't have a frame, you don't have a house. This house that we have here, our bodies, that is our sacrifice to God. These are, this is God's tabernacle. That's why God said he is in our hearts. Our hearts are basically the furnace. If you got no fire in you, if you got no God in you, if you got no Jesus in you, you got no fuel for the fire in your house and your house will stay cold. He remembereth that we are dust, dirt. You don't even leave dust in your house. You, you clean it up, you get rid of it. As for man, his days are as grass, as flower of the field, so he flourisheth. We see these big, beautiful flowers. Say, oh my goodness, that's, that's beautiful. Not every flower comes back every year. Unfortunately, we are that flower. So as we grow in Christ and we become big and beautiful, when our time comes, we don't want to be like the shaft and just blown away. We want staying power and our staying power comes through God. Like verse 16, for the wind passes over and it is gone. Our lives are but a season. Why not make it where when we come to fruition, we come to the best that we can be, that we are the best that we can be for God. Because when we leave from this place and the people that know us leave from this place, there may be no memory of us. For the wind passes over it and it is gone and the place thereof shall know it no more. Thank goodness for God's mercy. It says from everlasting to everlasting, his mercy will never go away. It'll never get low. You'll never have to get a rain check on God's mercy. And his righteousness to his children and his children's children. You've heard the saying, living off of grandma's grace. Verse 17 kind of clears that up. It's not her grace. It's the mercy and righteousness of God extended to you because of her faith. Because grandma was faithful, his righteousness unto children's children. So not only does grandma's children get God's mercy, but her children's children get the same mercy. But they still have a choice to make. You can't live on 
grandma's grace and grandma's mercy all your life. There comes a time where you'll have to choose right or wrong. First Peter 1 and 12, for all flesh is as grass. This is where we are. We're, we're not here forever. These bodies are, are withering away. And we got to put the lotion on. And, you know, if we don't do a little bit of work, we get, you know, a little, little portly, which I just call this insulation for the winter. But we are all as grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. We're not here forever. So we need to come to God as soon as we, we as soon as we come, I'll say as soon as we come to ourselves, as soon as God lets us know, as soon as we get that heart prick, we need to choose God and, and, and lean on him. And have him make us stronger and have him make us better. Because if we do it under our own strength, which we don't have any, we will surely fail. We need to lean on God in everything. Let's make sure that we are ready to meet the Lord when he comes. Now, as always, as I'm coming to a close like on Friday nights and uh, the seven sayings I had you know first it was Jeremy's final thought then Deacon's it's going to stay Deacon's Deacon's final thought the time we spend down here serving divers lusts and pleasures that we treat with such worth will have little value in heaven what we do down here for God is what matters in hell, the time you spent here doing all that you were big and bad enough to do will be a constant reminder that God is real. You have time to blame God. You have time to proclaim God. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for using me, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the, the, the membership. Thank you for the faithful. Please continue to bless your word. Bless your service. That's who we are. We are your servants, dear Lord. Continue to bless us, keep us, and protect us. Let us fear you and have mercy on us from everlasting to everlasting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It needs your fingerprint. <laughs> it needs your thumb. But thank you, church. Whoo. <laughs> Regardless of what the devil throws at you during your everyday lives, let us not forget to go to Christ, go to Jesus, and pray to him and let him know, thank you. Every day, just thank you. Even if that's all you say, Jesus, thank you. Just talk to him. But make sure it's every single day. Because he wants to know that he is still part of what you do. And we need to make sure that he is part of what we do and who we are. 
Let us take his word out to the uh, to the out wherever we go to work. If we go to the store, put your mask on. If you bump into somebody uh, like like they told us at work, know your audience, because not everybody wants to hear about God. You still say God bless you and walk away. That might change that person's life. So that's, that's what we're in the business to do. We are in the business to try and save someone else like we were saved. So let's continue to be about our father's business. Now I'm going to close out. And then I'll, I'll close out and then we'll pray again for the food. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here be. Say something? No, good. All right. And um, you want to pray? I'll pray over the food. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for willing workers and those who answer the call. Ministry is hard. Good message because a lot of folks in ministry think it's easy. Amen. And that makes me question whether they understand ministry, what it means to be a Christian. And Jeremy did a good job explaining that. But let's let's pray for the food and and um, we pray for an opportunity to to come before the Lord. Precious Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Deacon Jeremy and we thank you for the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Father, we thank you for the food. Father God, we're about to partake in. We ask that you would use it, Father God, to Nourish our bodies, nourish our minds, nourish our thoughts, nourish our actions, nourish all that we do, Father God. We said your word, all that we 
Eat, drink, and do. We ought to do to the glory of God. Let us glorify God as we go into the fellowship. Father, thank you for the hands that prepared the food. We ask that we that you would bless us, that we would have a wonderful time and fellowshipping together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What are you doing? I'm done with that. Get out of here. Here, get us the bond. Here. 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 Bye. Go that way. What's your name again? Stephanie. Yes. Stephanie, right? Yep. Tell me Stephanie last night. Somebody told me their name. What was uh, Stephanie last night at that I table? Don't you don't remember. Know. No, you was drinking. I was drinking. I had a drink. <laughs> Amaya. I ain't got no gummies. Your mother went to the store and didn't even buy us a box. Come back in that bank. You hear something? Take some of this gum. 
Essex. Linux, take some of this gum and eat it. How old are you going to be next week? Three, two, one. One. Pick them two up. Here. Go to the bathroom again. Malachi, huh. what's up? Yeah. What's up? Yeah. 
here my drink. So you like to share with me, because you always drinking mine. Thank you. 
Know how I know, Margaret? I know. know how I know? Put it in there. Cause the Browns is going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so they're going to shut everything down. Stop the Browns from winning. Yep. Don't you look over here. <laughs> Pittsburgh still is jumping. Hey, hey, watch stuff. Watch stuff. Get hurt down. What you doing? Nice. Oh, whoa. What you doing? Are you eating? Yeah. Like, I'm eating. You ain't eating. No, it don't taste fine. Colors, huh? <laughs> 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 
to the bathroom. No, nah, she gotta go to the bathroom and they holler at her when she go on herself so she's scared when she gotta go. Torturing the child. But she had to go. She was one way somebody to help her. Yeah. <laughs> 